Welcome to the Irish Expat Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be covering our top 10 tips and tricks for traveling across Italy. Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Cormac. And welcome to the Irish Expat Podcast. We've been on the road for over a year traveling the lengths and breadths of Italy. Season one is all about our travels from the southern city of Naples to Lake Garda in the north. We've given our best tips and tricks and spoken about our highlights and mistakes and how we've ended up moving to Florence. This episode is all about our top 10 travel tips after one year of Italian living. Make sure you're subscribed, and if you like this episode, then please give us a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Alt Living, and find out more about us on www.altliving.com. Well, hello, Cormac. How are you, Jane? We finally finished season one. Oh, that was a blast, wasn't it? Thank God. It only took a year. Oh, shh. All good things come to those who wait. <laughs> oh, lordy, lord. Well, thank you to everyone who's listened. Absolute legends. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. We've met some of you in person. Yeah, they've come to the pub. They were absolutely fantastic to do so. Abs- Much appreciated. Absolute delights. Um, but this whole episode is just kind of a bonus, bonus episode of season one to say thank you. And here's our top tips. All the things that we wished we know before we came here. <laughs> How we got scammed in multiple ways, essentially. So number one, we're going to talk about transport, Cormac. Number one is going to be mainly trains, because unlike Ireland, Italy is very organized and well connected with trains. So it's really difficult to navigate between the privatized like trains, between the like regional trains. So we always used an online platform to book our trains. So we used either Amio or Trainline and we would book our trains in advance. So one of the the best ones for the long distance, if you're going from the likes of Florence all the way down to Salerno or connecting Rome to Milan is Italo. So Italo is one of the fast trains, kind of very similar to the TGV in France. So They're a private company. They're not run by the government. It's something like Wolverine would be fighting on top of the fast fast speed trains. 270 kilometers per hour fucking rattling through tunnels trains, which is fantastic. They're definitely, I think, my favorite. They're a bit more expensive, but they're so very well organized and really, really comfy trains. If you don't book them within 72 hours or outside of 72 hours, I should say, they can be very expensive. Yeah. They can be 90, 100 euro each, depending on what journey, what day you're traveling. Um, the Italo trains, I find, are really, really, really good for the fact that all the carriages, when they pull up into the train station, there'll be a little sign because they they <laughs> they're a private company. They even have their, their own platforms in each train station. So they have a little sign where your carriage is. They're they, very fancy. They're very fancy. They dedicate a seat number to you on booking the ticket and you have to abide by that. It is not like Galway to Dublin, lads. People actually sit in the seats they're assigned oh, to. Oh, and even if the entire <laughs> rest of the carriage is empty and you just want to sit across from your boyfriend and you didn't pay the extra money to sit across from your boyfriend and a small Italian lady gets on the train and there's no, there's multiple other seats available, she will scream at you until you move. Because so. that is her mother effing seat yeah <laughs> she booked it <laughs> so that's one thing i really really like it's that all the carriages are all beautifully numbered all really very simple to kind of get by you sit in your sign seat simple as the italo train drivers or the italo trains do not go on strike yeah so privatized company that's one of the biggest benefits with with um italo they don't strike i and feel like the regional lads go on strike about once a week it feels that way. We don't get trains all that time, but I feel like 100% the regional trains suffer <laughs> from delays because I know we've been on a couple of regional trains that they've had to pull in to lay bys and let the 270-mile-hour Italo trains whiz by them. Yeah. And um, So, no, the, the trains... So, getting to know your trains when you first land in Italy is so important because you can use... So, the two websites, either Amio or Trainline, so they've updated their systems now where you have to you have to book in through your ticket. So the, that's an annoying update that they've done recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so they send you an initial email with your ticket, but you have to check into that ticket through a different email they sent you. So they'll send you two emails, which is a pain in the hole. It's very annoying. Or you can go to a machine and try and check in through a machine. 
which is really awkward as well. So yeah. you're better off if you're doing multiple cities throughout the week. Um, if you buy your train tickets, like maybe just go to the train station itself and book it two or three days in advance and just have yeah. the physical ticket. But if you have a physical ticket, what do you have to do? You have to scan them on the platform before you get on the train. Now, we've definitely not scanned them a couple of times because we didn't know about that initially. And we've been let off with it. But they've updated their systems in the last two months. So they've kind of taken it more seriously now. There was obviously a very high influx of tourists coming back to Italy in general over the last year. So they've really got on top of their shit. And they really, really don't like the train lines have become so much more busier and they really don't like it. So they will just try and gouge you for money any way that they can. They're looking to find you. That one time you got caught, <laughs> it will never, <clears throat> it'll, it'll never go away. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. I was flying to Pisa or I was flying from Pisa. And when I was booking the train ticket, I was booking it at 11.57 p.m. And by the time I checked out with the train ticket, it was actually over midnight. And I had booked my ticket for tomorrow. And so when I got on the train, it was actually booked for the day after and they gave me a 60 euro fine on the train. Straight up there and then. Yeah. Um, but to the to the dark side of the trains, if you're ever going through Bologna, another experience we had was the high speeds trains in Bologna. It, the train station's over four different floors and all the high speed trains go through the tunnel on the very bottom floor. So we were waiting. There was a load of delays. There was an accident on one of the lines and we were waiting for information to come up on the screen. All of a sudden it said, go to platform six, trains even in five minutes. So the entirety of that train that had booked ran from the bottom floor to the top floor. A train just pulled in to platform six. We got on it, happy days on the train. And it's a 38 minute journey from Bologna to Florence. We were on the train for about 20, 25 minutes until I looked up and I saw the next stop was Rimini. So I, I quickly realized we were on the wrong train. So sometimes there can be issues, as in any city. You know, it's just one of those so things. always, always check the name of the train yeah. before you get on. So um, if you are deciding to go to multiple places within one region, you can buy a regional train ticket. And you can take up to like 20 trains over 30 days. And that's really good value. Similar with the Italo trains, you can get up to nine trains, I believe, over 30 days. There's multiple different packages, but because where we were traveling on the big holiday, it did not suit us to just get one package over the other. Mm. So we always bought our train tickets online just a couple of days beforehand, and that worked for us. Yeah. So the big thing is with uh, the two different companies, Italo and Trenitalia, which is a subsection of Flencordosa. You can also in the machines in the train stations, you can also download your physical ticket from those machines with your identification code on your email. So that can also be a handy way of doing it before you arrive, but just make sure you arrive at the train station. Some of those machines they can be they can all have queues. You know, even in Florence where we live now, there can be I think 14, 15 machines down the floor and they there can be a queue of hundreds of people who are very confused and not knowing what to do so just make sure that you arrive at the station as well give, I, I give would yourself say ample time yeah. ample time just to make sure that it's nice and smooth because that's the one thing i've noticed in a lot of places because people would like to get help from the um the workers for those different companies and they can spend a lot of time going through those machines so it is one of those things so one day we were coming from salerno and we were going all the way up to rome and we had to do a crossover in Naples and there is a fast train ticket between Naples and Rome. And we became friends with this couple and they had been, um, you know, on the road for a long period of time. And we met them and they were at the machines. And unfortunately, our machine wasn't working and we were quite stressed out because it was lastminute.com that we were trying mm. to get on this one particular train. And they were trying to charge us 88 euro per ticket to get from Naples to Rome and I found our tickets online for 23 euro so I will just say don't automatically go to the machine do go and check out the online prices 
uh, train ticket like prices can really, really vary based on the time of day, based on how many people are actually booking the ticket. It's kind of like flights. Mm. So um, I would just say always, always look at the train tickets and possibly book them in advance. If you feel like you're getting a good deal, then you probably are. So luggage, packing, suitcases, all that rigmarole in. What, what do we you, require, Jane? What do we require? What should you bring with you? Um, so a lot of people, unfortunately, we see every day. We live in the, we live in the city center of Florence, and we see so many people just trudging around these massive bloody suitcases. And God bless them, because we've been there. We've trudged around small suitcases in thirty-four degree heat. It is not a fun time. But I will just say to you, the best thing that you can do is to pack light and to bring a 10 kg suitcase, especially if you're traveling from Ireland. You should have that 10 kg suitcase, the Ryanair, put it in the overhead. You're not paying that much more. Why would you bring a 20 kg suitcase? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody cares about the dresses that you're wearing. Like, I just, I don't understand it. So when you get off the plane, the last thing that you want is to be dragging a suitcase for miles to a hotel. And especially now at the minute in Florence, when you land to that train station, if you don't know where you're going and you think, oh, I'm just jumping a taxi. How long are some people waiting for a taxi? Hour, hour and a half. We've seen queues of over 120, at least 120 people in a queue for like a single taxi. Now they they come pretty quick, but it ain't that quick when you're in a queue of 120. It's absolutely cracked. Bring a backpack. If you can't just live off a backpack, then bring a 10 kg suitcase. Mm. But I will say bring suitcases over a large backpack. And I will say bring the back or bring the suitcase over the backpack because if you're carrying a huge backpack, you're going to get kind of sweaty it's going to get kind of heavy. You would think, oh, so why should I bring a suitcase? Everyone thinks, oh, backpackers, they have the right idea. They've got all the weight on their back. That makes a lot more sense. No, no, no. Bring your little 10 kg suitcase. That's fine. If you really need to bring that with you, then that is the best way to go. So we lived for six weeks off of two 10 kg suitcases. And I have to say it was the best idea ever. We went and did our washing once a week. And we had it down to every single Thursday, we would just go and do our washing. Mm. That was it. So we had a dirty plastic bag and then we had like our suitcase with our clean clothes. And that's just the way that we rotated it. And it worked really, really well. The one thing I will say that I didn't like about backpacks is obviously in the heat as an Irishman, your back gets awful fucking hot. (laughs) And the other thing I didn't like with the suitcases was that obviously older cities in Italy it's all like flagstone, cobblestone streets. So that constant rattle of dragging your suitcase and it can fall out of your hand and you're sweating. It's annoying. But it's not a, it's not an end all or be all at all. But to be warned, it is like, I think that main street from Florence connecting the train station to the north of the city is one of the worst because it's so high density. But it's probably only the, the paths on either side are less than a meter wide. And there's a lot of traffic. And it can be the same in many of the cities. In Naples, you know, you're in a whole street that's only five meters wide, four meters wide, and it's mopeds, cars, people. So just be warned that like it's always gonna be everyone's least favorite journey is you mm-hmm. think that the difficult part is getting from wherever you're from to the airport and then from the airport to the next place. No, the actual worst place is getting from the airport to your final destination and leaving off your bags. And I would just say pack as lightly as possible. There's in Italy, there are so many options for cleaning your clothes. There are so many options for just like. There is a laundromat on every street in Italy. And it is the best thing ever. Like no matter where your hotel is, I can guarantee you within a five minute walk. I honestly got I think laundromats sometimes are easier to find than ATMs. I did put together my ultimate travel list of stuff. Oh, here we go. Four t-shirts, two long tops, two pants, one hat, two light long sleeve shirts, just to cover you up when you're going to get surfboard, two dresses, one pair of runners, one pair of comfy flats, 
and one pair of fancy shoes if you feel like you're going to go somewhere fancy. Um, And then my biggest thing that you definitely, definitely need to bring with you is bring an extension lead with multiple plugs instead of, so, so many people kind of forget when they go to the airport, they just bring like one adapter with them and they're like, oh yeah, that'll do us. No, bring an adapter, but bring an extension lead with you. And then that way you can plug in multiple devices at the same time. Or bring one of the the Irish four-way adapters that just plug into the wall straight away instead yeah. of an extension lead. Like that is just, yeah, that is top advice. Yeah, because like, you know, girls, you know yourselves, like there's always going to be people who want to charge their phones, you want to charge your laptop, you want to put your hair straightener on. You, like there's always going to be multiple things that you want to have on the go. So I think an extension lead is just the way to go. And then you can drag it around your hotel room or your Airbnb. And I have to say for myself, especially traveling around a hot country the best thing i ever bought for traveling here because i sunburn very easily and i'm irish so i sweat a lot was linen trousers for about like 15 euro i think even Mm -hmm. in sorrento they were the best thing i ever bought yeah i will happily endorse that right now like they were the fucking bomb diggity linen and cotton linen and cotton are your friends (laughs) especially if you if you're like planning and traveling for like a long time, like plus two, three weeks, get yourself a nice light pair of trousers because for mosquitoes, for sunburn, just for general surviving the heat, if you're coming over to Italy in the middle of the summer, best way to go. 100%. And girls, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like you think you're going to come over and like wear a bunch of cute dresses and you're going to look fab and like your hair is going to look amazing, whatever. No, like the humidity is really hot. There's loads of mosquitoes. <laughs> like it's it's going to be ex- like, especially if you come in like June, July or August, you're going to be roasting with the heat. Like all you're going to want to do is wear a pair of shorts and like have a light top over you just to make sure that you don't get sunburned. So Please, please think about there's no point in dragging kilos and kilos and kilos of stuff around with you, especially if you're doing multiple places. So then moving on to meals and eating in general in Italy. So all the restaurants in Italy are kind of broken down into different different little sections. So there's entecas, ristorantes, trattorias and osterias. So Enteca, in Italian, just a wine bar. So nice and simple. They might do little crostinis. You can get little light bites, mainly just glasses of wine. Your restaurantes are your more classic, standard kind of base restaurant style, same as we'd have in Ireland. Trattorias are speciality to whatever area you're in. So they're usually very small restaurants. They're only like, I would say, like 60 people max, maybe even less restaurants would be restaurantes would be a little bit more they can be even bigger and then also osterias traditionally osterias used to be wine places that started serving food so their menu can be a lot more varied that can change week on week or month on month but the trattorias and the restaurantes will have much more of a stable menu it's all broken down into appetizers premies secondi and dolci so you have your. So the Italian menu does is not conducive to the Irish way of eating. No, no. Italians will go to dinner for three hours, literally three hours. So they'll arrive and they'll have like their little appetizer plates with your cured meats, your cheeses. They can be sometimes as well. Some restaurants will have the soups. Sometimes they'll have little like zucchini flowers or deep fried. Or like fish dishes. Fish, or, small yeah. little fish dishes. Then they move on to premies. Premies are usual. Basically pastas. They're always pastas. They're yeah. always pastas. That's where you'll find your your pastas. It's always in the primi section of the menu. You don't have to order in sequence in Italy, but a lot of traditional restaurants will expect you to. Moving on to secondly, then that's all your meat dishes. Your chicken, your steaks. And where we live in Florence, the Fiorentina steak is the the way to go. It is usually on average between four euro fifty and six euro per kg of steak. So the steaks can cost you 45, 50 euro. It's incredibly expensive. So Incredibly expensive, but if you're going to share that steak as a singular meal, as an experience in Florence, highly recommend it. Yeah. But a second, it can also just be like, 
rabbit or it can be fish or it could be chicken or it can be veal it can be you know veal escalope it can be like so many different variations of different meals they also do smaller cuts of steak so they'll do like your sirloins or a ribeye and with steaks in italy the fiorentina especially you can't order that well done you can't order it medium well it comes medium rare and that's it so the smaller cuts of steaks are the way to go for getting your if if you're a medium mm-hmm. well eater or well done or just a medium whatever it is your variation they will happily do that but for a fiorentina steak for a special steak they will not yeah also with the second d so you know if you're an irish person and you like like your meat potato and two veg yeah so it, you would go immediately to the second d you'd be paying anywhere from maybe 11 euro all the way up to 25 all the way up to if you were getting a steak you could be paying all the way up to 40 euro um but then you might want like a roast potatoes with it a side of roast potatoes can cost you anywhere from five to seven euro and vegetables they do not do vegetables well here and they do not do vegetables very cheaply so a side of spinach can cost you anywhere from six to seven euro if you want a side of like greens that can cost you like from five to seven euro it is exceptionally expensive to eat the way that irish people eat here so you do want to go for like your appetizer your preemie your secondy and choose two out of the three so like you get your carbs first then you get your meat. It's it's a very strange way of eating. We've actually become like a little bit accustomed to it now. So even when I cook at home, I do like put out the carbs first or like I do put out the pasta first. Yeah. But it's a very strange way of eating, especially for on holidays where you're like, why, like, why can't I just get it all together? Like, can I just not have my pasta and my steak? Or Yeah, like, a, a lot of restaurants as well will offer a meat and roast potatoes but they won't offer veg so you'll literally get a small dish or some dishes will come with vegetables and not potatoes so no matter what orientation you order in you're always going to have to order another dish another um, and the sides here are called contorini so that's the name for sides so that's the thing here where it's like they'll never just give you everything on one plate you have to order several plates which is the italian way of eating which we've definitely got accustomed to and it's fantastic there's some brilliant restaurants in florence that do those sides very cheaply there's some other restaurants that do it very expensively obviously in the center of the touristy areas you know the prices are going to be much higher if you find the local restaurants you'll get a much better deal but it is a very time consuming meal so if you yeah. want to if you're going to an italian restaurant and you know that it's like a fatria an austria anything like that you know that you're going to go in do you want your starter great you have your starter over the first 40 minutes then you have a little break then okay you're going to have your pasta dish great, you have your pasta dish, then that's another 40-minute break. Mm. Then you have your meat at the end, you really enjoy your meat at the end, that's fine. And then like that could be like up to an hour and a half. So it really is the longest. There's no getting in and out. There's no There's no quick in and out if you're in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think it's that we're so used to the Irish way of restaurants where it's like get in, get out, We've got two hours, maybe two and a half hours. We need this table back in 10 minutes. Do you want dessert and coffee? Yeah, yeah. Now, here you go. <laughs> if you're in at seven, you're out by like nine. We've got, <laughs> like, we've got to turn over those tables. Yeah. But now we've realized that it's like, if you're going in for an 8 p.m. meal, they expect you to stay there until 11. Like, it's like just piano, piano, everything's so slow. And they expect you to drink there because it's not like, oh, well, we're going to like have our meal and then go to the pub. Yeah, it's like no, we're having our meal and we're having wine, and it's like we're having three or four bottles of wine, and we're also going to have shots of limoncello or the Mara del Capo or any of the specialty drinks in your vicinity that you're in. Yeah, the shots at the end of the meal are really, really nice. Like a lot of restaurants will happily give you that, and you know we we found before that some restaurants are nearly too nearly too kind what when (laughs) they plant down two bottles and just say help yourself yes exactly that's exactly (laughs) what i mean just realize that if you're going to italy like there's not going to be bars that are open until two o'clock in the morning there's not going to be bars that are open even after 12 o'clock in the morning like it's you are going to that restaurant and you are going to chill there 
for the evening. So yeah. you are locking yourself in to an evening of brilliant food and brilliant drinks. So take your time, have really nice starters and last it out and have a really nice pasta dish and last it out. And then by the time the meat course comes, you're going to be like, oh, geez, why did I spend so much fucking money on this meat course? You yeah. know, but it's that is your evening. It's not yeah. let's race through dinner or like let's like even get a starter and a main and then we can finish up dinner by like half nine and then we go out in the piss. Like that's not the way that it's done because there's nowhere in Italy to go on the piss really afterwards. Yeah. It's you stay in the restaurant, you chill. It's all like very piano piano and the staff will respect you a lot more for it as well. You'll also end up doing the exact same thing for lunch. A lot of places will open for lunch around 11, half 11. So play, people will get into the restaurant around 12 and they'll stay there until they close at three. So between three and seven, the restaurants will close again. Um, long lunches, like um, what, 12 euro set meals as well sometimes, mm-hmm. depending where you go. So you'll see a lot of menus outside restaurants say pranzo, tutte menu. So for lunch, whole menu, uh, depending where you are, it'll be 12 euro, 15 euro. You get your primi, your secondi, a side dish and a glass of wine and water all for a set price which is incredible so you you get a better deal at lunchtime better longer experience at dinner time but no matter what choice you may end up making the food's incredible so a lot of people who haven't been to italy before don't realize that when you land in any city you have to pay a city tax and so if whether you're staying in uh, booking.com Uh, whether you're staying in an Airbnb, if you're staying anywhere that's essentially not a hotel, and even sometimes in a hotel, they will ask you for a city tax. And so you have to present your passport and you have to pay between one to five euro per person per night and you have to pay it in cash. And I know that the first few times that we did this, we felt like we were getting kind of scammed or we didn't know what was going on. But this is a totally legal thing. This is what they have to do um and so they have to take pictures of your passport and um sometimes if it's a check-in through airbnb they will ask you to submit photos through um they'll ask you to submit photos of your passport through airbnb and then you have to send them the cash balance or leave it in the accommodation so i just want to note that it's not a scam it's really a thing you do have to pay city tax if you're staying in some cities across italy but based on that uh what are scams cormac well there are many there are we have seen our fair share between accommodation scams which is a whole other episode and between just on the street scams there are quite a few so yeah. one that's kind of very general all over Italy, because everyone always says there's a stigma with Naples itself traveling there. Be careful of pickpockets. And I have heard some horror stories. We never had that, as we said in our Naples episode. Yeah, we've, we've been there three times now and we've never we, been. We never really had an issue, but I've always been very cautious in Naples. So I always recommend having your good old fanny pack. That was my go-to kind of thing to have when we were traveling around the high-density cities. Obviously, as well, it was more a thing for me to not have a backpack on my back in the in the middle of the day and it's hot. So uh, every single city that we've been to in Italy has always had the lovely guys going around. They're like, would you like to? Would you like this bracelet? Would you like this bracelet? We have these beads. We have these things. We're like, oh, they're lovely. And he's like, oh, here, here, try it on, try it on. Yeah, or like it's a gift for it's, you. It's, it's gift, a gift. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wow, wow, wow. And then he puts it on your wrist, ties it nice and tight. And then all of a sudden it's my family lives over here and I want money from you. And it, yeah. So uh, yeah, you need to pay me like this amount of money. I need this amount of money. You're after accepting this. You need to pay me. And like, yeah, Livorno was very bad. Florence can be bad as well. You can get a, like the normal kind of things that you obviously can see a lot of the time. There are guys going around selling the roses, guys going around selling Polaroid pictures, guys going around selling around, skins like the biggest one in uh kind of rome and naples and florence is the painting so they put um paintings or like pictures down on the ground and you think oh it's not lovely now they're selling like 
two by fours of these shitey paintings and sometimes you see Americans buying them and no, the whole thing is that they wait for someone to stand accidentally on the paintings which we have witnessed firsthand in Florence. Yeah, so they put them in high traffic areas and if you accidentally stand on one then they say, oh, you have to give me 50 euro. And they will harass and harass and harass you for it. And there, it went quite viral a few like a few months ago of a guy like catching them out for mm-hmm. doing this because it's completely illegal. They have no right to be sat on their paintings there. Like as soon as the cops show up, they're already gone. Yeah. Um, so, so just if this ever does happen to you, just say I will call the police to organize the situation, and they will just leave immediately. Yeah. So don't worry about it. But. Uh, yeah they can just be really really mean and especially they even do to children which i don't agree with like you know like if children kind of go rogue and they run across a couple of painting like run across a couple of these print out photographs from the internet um they can just be like oh your child ran across it you have to pay me a load of money they damaged it now it's your problem you have to pay me which is a horrible horrible thing the other one that you kind of touched on was the roses. Like if you're out having like a lovely meal, then there are some guys who will come in and be like, hey, do you want to buy roses? And you just... And it's not necessarily a scam because like a lot of cities around the world has this, but it's more that, you know, they'll be very persistent. Some of them can be extremely persistent. Some of them can be extremely expensive. I, I've bought you one or two of them before. But I've never paid more than... He says bought me one or two. He's found them on the street. But Hey, hey, hey. They've come from a fine supplier of beautiful boutique (laughs) flowers. People who've left them in the pub. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they they should cost between a euro or two euros. And a lot of places, a lot of people will ask for five euro, six euro, depending on how much he, he thinks he can get out of you. Like, and honestly, you know, if you have the money to pay for it, want to buy your lady flower? Fucking do it. Absolutely no problem. But they, some of them can be very persistent and annoying and just kind of get in the way of your conversation. Even when you say politely, sorry, no grazie, tutto posto, I'm all good. Mm-hmm. They will keep asking you. But so here is the cheat code, right? Yeah. Um, The best thing that you can say to any of these lads, whether it's the bracelet lad, the picture lad, anything, just turn to them and say, basta. Basta. B A S T A, which means enough in Italian. And it's kind of like a, a motherly scolding. It's like. A, well, it's a word that not everyone knows, even as tourists. If you're Googling phrases to understand in Italian, it's one you won't come across that often. But basta, loudly saying it or clearly saying it, basta is enough to deter any. Yeah, it just person. means it just means like enough is enough, like yeah. basta. Don't just don't even don't even try me. <laughs> so the other way that we get around it, if they if we've said basta and they're still coming up to us, we just say solo carta, which means like we only have card, we don't have any cash. Please feck up. My next one is about mosquitoes because I have a mild allergic reaction to them, and so um. I never knew that this was a thing before I got to Florence, which is ridiculous because I lived in Australia for a while, but there is such a thing as mosquito spray. So go to different pharmacies and please let me tell you, do not go into like the likes of Sephora or like, you know, just like this kind of small pharmacy, go into the big industrial pharmacies and ask for the industrial spray. You don't want a spray that looks like lemon you don't want a spray that looks like, oh, shoot, there's a bit of time in it. That'll keep them away. No, no, no. You want like the full on deodorizer, like something that like if you sprayed it, you feel like it's going to go, it's going to set something on fire. That's the level of mosquito spray that you want. And it's absolutely incredible. It keeps them away. Uh, you will get through it quite quickly, <laughs> I will say, and it will yeah. be quite expensive. So, but if you're coming on holidays and you're Irish and if you get really bad allergic reactions to mosquito sprays, there are mosquito sprays here. You might be paying about 18 euro and for two people, it might like last you about a week, but it's so, so worth it. Um, Also, if you're staying in a regular accommodation, like a hotel room or an Airbnb, please keep those windows closed whilst you're outside. Um, You do not want the windows open during the day or the night during summertime. 
one, it's just going to let in heat. And two, it's going to let in all those mosquitoes. Unless you have a mosquito net, there is no chance in hell that you want those windows open at any time of the day or night. So another another trick as well for when in the pharmacy is look for the spray that says Forte. F-O-R-T-E. Forte means strong in Italian. So they're the sprays that you will live by. They also have like a classification system on how strong the sprays are here. So anything, I think it's between like A and E. Anything obviously in the A category is going to be really good. But Forte, anything that we've gotten that has Forte on it have been a lifesaver. A lot of Irish people are actually allergic to mosquito bites. And even I myself, I've had my arm swell up and I've had my leg swell up. And you are able to just go to the pharmacy. You don't need to go to the doctor directly. You can go to the pharmacy here and they will give you a steroid cream. Best thing as well, if you have been bitten and you have the the bites from the night before, there's rapid relief pens in pharmacies. They're so so good. They're the greatest thing ever. And they're just, they're they're little, they look like little pens. They even have like a little clip on so you can put it onto your belt if you need to. It took me 18 months to find these. Oh my God. They are the absolute. Jimmy John. Now I will say the best thing, they don't provide it in hotels, but it's something that we bought and it was the best 10 euro that we ever spent is our mosquito racket. Oh, the sweet, sweet racket. It is literally a tennis racket. Oh, they're, they're just so... It, they're, they're, not even, they're so satisfying. It's just when you're there, like about to go to sleep at night, and you have your racket in your hand, and you put the little torch on the racket, and you just see them flying around, zap, zap. Oh, it's the weirdest thing to explain to someone who hasn't seen them before. It just it, it looks a, exactly like a tennis racket, exactly like a tennis racket or a badminton racket, and it's electrified. And there's a little torch on them, and so you turn on the torch, the mosquitoes go towards the light, and then you can just zap the mosquitoes. And that's a shit out of little bastard. It's really amazing because there's nothing more annoying than if you come on holidays and there's one mosquito in your room and you just cannot go to sleep. I will also recommend to definitely, definitely get earplugs, especially if you're staying in the city center of anywhere in Italy, just because of the noise, but also because of the mosquitoes, because there's nothing worse than getting a really, really itchy bite. And then for the next six hours, staying awake because they're just flying into your ear. It'd be like, it's it's just the worst. So um yeah it it actually took us about three and a half months to find these rackets and once we did we were like we're never going back like it's now they might not be the best thing ever if you're just traveling for a short term in italy no, they have the little travel ones they have they, the travel they ones. do have the travel ones but it's always gonna be that thing about bringing them home and like how much effort people want to go into but we highly recommend them we gave one to your brother and he <laughs> sat up at night before he went to bed with his daughter sleeping in one room and his, his, his partner was sleeping in the other room he had a glass of wine and his racket and that was the best fun that he had on the entire <laughs> He was just sitting there drinking wine, zapping away, yeah. and he slept like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Another tip that I would suggest as well, working in the service industry, is that when you're in Italy, um, a lot of a lot of places don't really expect too many tips. Um, obviously, restaurants, they'll always get some tips. A lot of places charge a coperto, so your ta- table charge, basically, table service. Uh, standard is about two euro fifty. You know, some places will charge you a little bit more, but we highly recommend anytime we've just shown our generosity for good service and given like a fiver tip or tenner tip to a good a good bartender, a good waiter, or anything like that, we have gotten mostly to bartenders, waiters in restaurants, not so much. But like if we go to Italian bars. Yeah, and we tip them a little bit. They're like, "Oh my god, why are you tipping me?" Because there's no caperto in bars. Here. Yeah, so they're just like, "Oh, sound, you're my new best friend." Yeah, here's a free cheap shot, or like, what information do you need? Like one lady, I have to say, in Sorrento, Nikita, Nikita. I don't know if Nikita listened to this podcast, but if you do, Nikita, we love you. Such a pleasure. We tipped her like she was so lovely, but then as soon as like we kind of gave her the money as well, she came over with two shots immediately. 
had one herself as well, and then started giving us all the information about the local places, like the bus routes to find the secret beaches that none of the tourists knew about, like all the places that you can go where you're not going to get charged extortionate rates. And she was very much like, oh, have you guys rented a car? And we said no. She was like, oh, that's really disappointing because I know loads of places that are just outside. It's yeah, and it's also really rent. sad because she she wrote down a beautiful list of recommendations for us that we lost on the holiday because mm-hmm. obviously we would return this information as part of the podcast, but we can't. Um, so I have to say, like anytime we, we've tipped like and i'm one of those people i'll always tip for good service every time we Mm -hmm. go to anywhere but the reaction over here in italy is incredible compared to sometimes you know i remember tipping even in ireland sometimes and somebody even just was like oh yeah grand so when we came to italy we were still under a strict budget i was still working you were looking for work you were probably going to go out to the wolf system we were under a pretty stringent uh non-stringent Uh, bank balance and so we were looking for always the cheapest places to eat and drink and the most fun places and I think this is somewhere that like this is something that we still do in Ireland I think we'd always do this no matter which country we went to but our rule is to always find the shittiest bar sign now hear us out okay you are walking you get out of Naples train station you're walking down the main strip there by Garibaldi and there's a load of restaurants and they all look kind of nice. What do you see on the left-hand side? A shitty bar sign. Sit down there. Beers are half the price. You get beautiful food. It It's just absolutely amazing. Sorrento, you walk around, you're like, oh, this is way too expensive for me. Everything's like a million fucking bajillion euro if i want to sit beside the seaside what do i do see a shitty bar sign oh you've got a terrace that overlooks the fancy places and you're charging three euro fifty for a gigantic beer well then yes i will sit here for the day and when we say shitty bar sign we literally mean like the classic hanging out of the building neon old signs neon with one of the letters definitely like, flashing i was gonna say even sweeter if one of the letters either is completely broken or flashing <laughs> or like hanging off hanging up end. or missing or it's just i don't know why this method of you know choosing a bar has worked so gloriously in our favor but we have been like, to 21 cities across italy now and every single time it has served as well. Now, and, and you know, it's it, like the shitty bar sign method is always different. You know, like some bars don't even have signs outside. They're just, you just see like above the door. It's like bar this, but you can just get the vibe of like a dive bar of a, of a quintessential like dive bar etiquette. Yep. And it is glorious. It is so good. It's oh. like usually like half the price twice as much crack the people are like why the feck are you in here so they welcome you in you usually end up getting like free shots or free food or something like it's so much more crack i got a free massage in one of the places as well (laughs) (laughs) the tiny lady was just all over my shoulders it was brilliant oh god (laughs) but it's it's just like it's just been the most now I know like we're traveling in a couple so I would not recommend this to like every female like solo female who's traveling alone of course but if you're traveling like in a group of two definitely just like take the risk because 10 like nine times out of 10 they're gonna be so much nicer and you can see where they've X'd out where like lasagna used to be four euro and now it's five euro. You can see you can you can literally see like three years of development in price <laughs> of four to six to eight. You can see the sellotape just peeling mm. off the menu, like and and in Italy in fairness, um ca- cafes are normally like co- coffee shops as we know them. They all sell alcohol as well. So I was a Heineken drinker when I was living in Galway in Ireland, and uh, it's now gone on to six fifty per pint. Uh, but yeah, got to Italy, and I was like, God, it's very expensive. Like in some of the cafes, as we previously mentioned, I could get like a big bottle of beer for three fifty. Yeah, maybe four fifteen in some of the bigger cities. And I was like, God, this is great. 
Uh, but if I wanted to have a pint in a pub, it could cost up to seven euro, guys, seven euro for just like a pint of lager. Uh, so just bear that in mind that you are in wine country. Yeah, I got here and it was like, well, I can either drink a pint of lager, which is going to be seven quid, or I can drink a glass of Prosecco, which is about 350 to four euro. So I have moved on to the Prosecco, which is definitely better for the gut and definitely better for just overall spending. But do bear that in mind that if you're a beer drinker, you are not going to be walking into a pub and be spending less money. Some places will have happy hour, which is great. Mm-hmm. Happy hour is fantastic. Not all the time, not every city. Um, like Bologna is a great happy hour city. There's a couple of other places. Sorrento was great. Salerno yeah, was great. Florence is not a big... Florence isn't a big happy hour place. There are some places are, that like, will do happy hour in Florence, but they're more in the center around the Duomo. And that is where all of the tourist traps exist. So that is a big shame. I, I, I know one of our favorite bars where they do like a 550 pint. The 550 pint is Star Brandon. Yeah. So any sash heads from the West Coast of Ireland, you know, Sarah Pram and 550 Pint. Eh. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Average. Yeah. It's grand. You know, happy day. Wine is your way to go. Also in restaurants and um, usually in trattorias as well, they always have decanters of wine. So you'll get your chalice or your your chalice, your glass of red wine or your your um your delicasa. So the vino delicasa is always so much cheaper than any of the bottles. Essentially, you can get a liter, like even in Florence city center, even in the rip off tourist places, you can get like a liter of the home wine for anywhere from about 10 euro up to maybe 15. Whereas if you wanted a pint in those restaurants, you're talking like seven, seven fifty. Yeah. So just, just go, you're going to have to move on to wine. Like, yeah, wine is the much better way to go. And you can drink so much of it for so cheap. Like there's market stalls that sell their own wine. There's places that have their their half carafes, full carafes of house wine, that's 10 euro, 8 euro for a half liter. Like we've we've gone to so many places and got like, like, and I mean, the house wine in Italy would be premium wine in Ireland. It is. Yeah. Leagues and bounds different in quality. Mm-hmm. Also, in all over Italy, like apart from the happy hours, there's always a, the aperitivo hours. So the aperitivo is great, usually between six o'clock and eight o'clock in the evening. They might not give you offers on drinks, but they'll definitely give you snacks, light bites. So usually crisps, peanuts, olives. Depending where you go, we've gotten like bruschettas. We've gotten. Arancini bowls. If, if you're with a snacker like I am. Yes. Don't know I where a, you're putting it. I but. am a grazer. I'm a classic <laughs> grazer. I'll keep on nibbling and eating throughout the night. But aperitivo hour between six and eight. You can all, often as well, a lot of restaurants will do an aperitivo hour themselves. They'll give you a bruschetta and a glass of wine. I've seen some for eight euro. I've seen some for seven euro. I've seen some for 12 euros. So depending where you are. And we have like put um in all of our podcasts, we've to- like we have talked about like the best aperitivos because like yeah. even in like La Spezia and the Cinque Terre, like we were fed before we even got to dinner. Oh my God. Like they brought out just like, like very Irish style. They just brought out a tray of sandwiches. So our final tip is language. I think starting off in Italy, the first thing I learned, which is because the thing is with Italians as well and, and any country you ever travel to, if you make a little bit of effort in their own language, it's always greatly appreciated. I would say posso averde, which translates to can I have? That's all you need to know is now I'm a year and a half living here, lads, and all I need to know is posso avere. Yeah. Can I can I have a table for two people? Can I have a lighter? Can I have a beer? Can I have that? Can but, we have? But you can just that? say "poso avere" and just like point at one at yeah. what you want. And if you just say that, they will respect you so much more. Cool. Obviously, enter with like a chow. People yeah. like a chow. And obviously, as well, you know, for afternoon, one of your lads, and for no, evening, none of that. I know none of that. Just say a chow. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. the difference. So just say, ciao, 
so very and then just point at what you want and they'll be like thank you so much for making the effort yeah they really appreciate you giving it a go uh you you can find kind of little you know little helper guides to ordering in italian and like different words tavolo and like il conto or your table the bill and you can do you can do lots of different little variations if you want but just having pozo verde. Oh, can you know. I ask you, as an Irish bartender, do you know how so many people walk into the bar oh, yeah. and they ask you for a drink in like make believe Italian? What do they always say to you? They're like, you can spot them from a while away if they uh, don't speak Italian. <laughs> and then you always I, see them. Like, I, I mess them a little bit. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's kind of, you know, very Irish thing to do. <laughs> I, I just see their heads and I just go immediately into. Ciao, buonasera, cosa posso portarti? Like, fluent Italian, well, not fluid, but like very direct, quick Italian. And they always just panic. And <laughs> it's glorious. It, it's so funny. You're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Irish. It's just a, my little bit of fun. A little bit of joshing for the day. And then they panic. You just see their eyes go, uh, do a birre peroni or Guinness. And I just go, Sorry, that's Grant. <laughs> like you might understand my English better or worse. I'm not sure, but we'll do it anyway. But uh, yeah, I am a bit of a bastard. They're so nice after that. We're like, God bless them. Like imagine oh. walking into an Irish pub, being like, Jesus, well, please, any, please. Any Irish person I've ever gotten with that and being like, Thank Jesus, you fucking speak English. Good God. I think that's all the the tips I can think of off the top of my head. Other than you know, enjoy yourself. Roll with the punches, enjoy the culture, ask lots of questions. You know, lifestyle here, La Dolce Vita is... Have a is, lovely girlfriend who plans everything for you. Oh, you well, if, you, if you're not coming <laughs> over with that, best of luck. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Best of luck. Make friends with as many bartenders as you can. But uh, no, roll with the punches, enjoy yourself, relax. La Dolce Vita, Italians enjoy life. Slowly, and it's, you know... We're Jane and Cormac. If you liked our podcast, then please subscribe and please give us a five-star review. It's free and takes just a couple of seconds. You can follow us on social media at Old Living and you can download our Excel sheet with all of our accommodation, restaurant, transport, experience and budget details for our six-week holiday on altliving.com. Bye! Season one out! See you in the next one!